As a speaker, sometimes you're saying, well, if you get nervous speaking in front of a crowd, just imagine them naked and that should lessen your, your nervousness. I don't know why they say that. I don't know if it works. But imagine going out on stage to talk to a group of people and they actually are naked. In today's episode, CX Insider is speaking to Paul Rutter, founder and CEO of Smooth Sailing Communication and Cruise and Entertainment Director at Royal Caribbean International. On the top of that, Paul is also a keynote speaker, author of a book called Repeat Business Incorporated, The Business of Staying in Business, and upcoming book called You Can't Make This Ship Up. Paul also does workshops on how to deliver more than perfect experience and exceed customers' expectations. In this episode, you will hear all about how Paul creates these experiences in an industry in which delivering perfection is only the starting point. Sounds impossible, but Paul will tell you how exactly to do this. So make a cup of coffee, relax on your sofa, and enjoy listening to some amazing stories that happened to Paul on his cruise adventures. Let me ask you a question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how much do you desire to go on holiday right now? 1 means you just got back from holiday and you will not think about going away for the next couple of months because you need to lose those 10 pounds you gain in Punta Cana from eating out every day. 5 is considering a weekend escape from kids to maybe Cornwall. Well, let me tell you, by the end of this episode, you will all be on 10. Paul Rudder got into the cruise industry almost 40 years ago. And ironically, it all started on a random day when he was walking his dog. I come from a very unique industry. And the way I got into it is also interesting. I took my dog for a walk near my house. I'm from the U.S. I live in Florida now, but I grew up in Connecticut, uh, which is uh, in between New York and Boston. And I took my dog for a walk and ran into the old principal of the high school I went to. And he just said, hey, how would you like to work on a cruise ship? And winter was coming. And I'm thinking, wow, that's crazy. I've never been on a cruise ship. I didn't know what it was about. But he knew somebody who knew somebody. And before I knew it, I was sailing on my first cruise ship, working on board. Uh, And that's how it took off, because I took my dog for a walk. And so uh, it's interesting how everybody should keep their eyes and their ears open for new opportunities because I never, ever would have thought about joining the cruise industry uh, if I just hadn't taken my dog for a walk. So uh, it's a great industry. Obviously, I love it being involved for so long. And And the cruise industry is very unique because we're one of the very few industries where we actually live with our customers. Um, I don't know if you have uh, either of you have taken a cruise before. I'm sure many of your listeners have taken a cruise, whether it's a short three or four day or whether it's you know a, a week or a two week cruise. But we actually live with our customers on board. I work on board the ships. My position is cruise director, which means I'm in charge of all onboard activities and entertainment. So we're the fun people on board. And so 
Uh, living with our customers is a very unique dynamic. And so we have to have policies and procedures and principles in place in order to take care of anything that may arise during their cruise, because it's not like they're calling us on the phone. They're actually standing right in front of us. So if they come to the front desk and, and tells us, well, our air conditioning isn't working, we cannot say, oh, we'll send somebody out in a few days because that's not going to work. We have to take care of the problem in 30 minutes or less. And so living with your customers is a very unique dynamic. And so when I speak to businesses on land, the first question I ask them is, could your business survive if you had to live with your customers? Uh, what would that look like? You know, would you take your time returning phone calls or emails or taking care of business the way you should if you knew they were right there standing in front of you? And then the other unique dynamic about the cruise industry is that we also live with our coworkers. So the people that we work with all day long, we actually live with as well. They may be our roommate because most crew members have two people in a cabin that they share. Some of the senior officers like myself will have our own cabin, a single cabin, obviously. Um, but living with your customers and your coworkers presents a very unique dynamic and what we have to accomplish with those people that we work with and that we live with. Before COVID, I had to keep reminding my people that as soon as they walked out of their cabin, they were on duty. They had to have that smile on their face. They had to have the proper attitude. And so it's, it's a unique uh, experience. It's not for everybody. Uh, some people who work on a cruise ship just uh, after a week or two or a month, they know this is not for me. But a lot of people who do enjoy uh, the, not the rules and regulations, but enjoy the experience, they stay for quite some time. We've had people who've been on board ships for, you know, 20, 25 years um, and they're family people and they have to leave their families for long periods of time. But once it gets in your blood, it's kind of hard to get out. When you live with your colleagues and customers for four or five, six months, they become your family. Customers even book their journeys based on which crew is going to be on board. However, it was all gone when the pandemic started, and the cruise industry, unlike some other industries, instantly disappeared. COVID certainly has affected the cruise industry. It completely wiped it out. I mean, I, I won't rehash all the stories about uh, uh, in February of 2020, February and March of of, of guests being stuck on board COVID ships and not being allowed back into port and crew members on board. And uh, their governments wouldn't allow us to fly them back. A lot of the problems in the early days of COVID was that the governments of the various countries didn't know how to handle the situation. And so the media attention really went crazy and out of control. Um, and, and there were some instances that they had a right to be, but a lot of it wasn't just, um, some of it was negative against the cruise line when that really wasn't where the blame should be. We wanted to get, it took us months and months into like uh, June and July to get all the crew members off the ships and back to their home countries, but we were being denied every step of the way. So COVID, yes, has is, is obviously wiped out the cruise industry for the first year. Now, slowly but surely, um, it's coming back around the world. There's been a few ships sailing uh, for quite a while now, since last August or September, 
There's been a couple of ships sailing with very few incidences. Uh, the company I work for now, Royal Caribbean International, we've had a ship sailing out of Singapore since I think it was November, December of last year. Um, it was arranged and in, in, in conjunction with the government of Singapore. They were very good at allowing us to dock there. Cruises are now coming back. I know in the UK, you're going to have a very busy summer with lots of cruise ships starting to sail. Um, they do have to be, I believe, most of these ships, you do have to be vaccinated. And vaccinations are going to be the key to the cruise industry coming back really strong now. And I should tell you, the bookings right now are through the roof for the remainder of 2021 and into 2022. I think I read a, a world cruise, a 90 or 120 day world cruise in 2023 has already sold out. So people are itching to get away and itching to get out of their homes. Uh, and I think they see if they can do it in a safe, effective way, um, that cruising will be a good way to do that. So but I've heard that bookings are already higher than they were before the pandemic. So that's very good, encouraging news. If you go on holiday provided by one of the most luxurious cruise lines, you pay premium. You expect to be treated like a royalty. You want to be spoiled. So does it mean then that customer is always right? My personal view is no, the customer is not always right. But, and there is a but there. First of all, the customer always thinks they're right. And so we have to deal with that dynamic with trying to convince them, or do we even bother to convince them that they're not right? So that's number one, the customer always thinks they're right. And number two is the customer is always the customer. And so you want to make any situation a win-win situation. You never want a customer to walk away thinking that they lost in a transaction. You always want to try to make it a win-win for everybody. So for instance, a, a, a guest came on board one time and they thought that we had 24 hours of babysitting services, that we, we would take their six-month-old son for the entire week and do babysitting 24 hours a day. Well, that's just not possible. We do have some babysitting services on board, but we don't have 24 hours a day babysitting service. And he wanted somebody in their cabin with the baby, just staying with the baby. And we just don't have the personnel on board to do that for every child. So we, we needed to work out a compromise where that we would do the babysitting um, for certain formal nights or for uh, different times where they could get away. Um, so we couldn't do the 24 hour of the service like they were expecting, but we were able to work out a good compromise where they saw it from our point of view. We saw it from their point of view. And, and it was a win-win situation because uh, they were able to spend some quality time alone, uh, uh, but we didn't. We weren't providing the 24 hours of service that they were expecting. So um, you can do things as long as you make it a win-win situation. You never want to embarrass a customer. You never want to put them down. Um, but in my world, no, the customer is not always right, but they are always the customer. Most businesses do have a form of a loyalty program. If you're like me, a coffee addict, I'm sure you hold about a hundred different loyalty cards in your wallet just to get the 20th coffee for free. And when you finally want to claim your free mochaccino with extra dairy-free, fat-free cream, sugar-free syrup and a chocolate flake, 
The card is nowhere to be found. So you start a new card. But these programs come second. You don't choose to go to that specific coffee shop just to get extra points, unless it's Costa. Listen to Paul explaining how loyalty is born. The key is that the, your first cruise, you always compare everything to your first cruise. So you, we need to make sure that first cruise is really, uh, is really a, an exceptional experience because then odds are that they're going to come back to our line. They don't, if it's a bad experience, let's say with a, um, a, a Royal Caribbean or a Canard or a P&O, then they're willing to try a different line. But if they've had a really good time, their first cruise, they don't want to risk um, maybe going to another line because they know they had such a great time with our line. So you, you gain loyalty, first of all, um, by having a, a wonderful product. And then you try to make your customers your raving brand ambassadors. You want your own customers to be doing your marketing for you, because that's who people believe now. You, you can't go online and go to a, a Yelp or a Reddit and read reviews there because you're not really sure who's written those reviews. But if you talk to your family and your friends and they tell you that they've had a great time, then you can believe those recommendations. And so you build loyalty by making sure that the customers you have are willing to refer you and recommend to you. Um, I know there are surveys out there, and usually uh, the first question on a survey is, how likely are you to recommend our service to your family and friends? And so that's what's really important now is getting uh, the people that you trust to, to give good recommendations for you. In Paul's workshops, he teaches other CX professionals his more-than-perfect model, and it's all about delivering more-than-perfect experience. Now, you might think, yeah, but that's financially impossible to consistently exceed customers' expectations and it's going to create a massive expectation gap and so on and so on. In fact, sometimes it's only about doing something different or personal. Paul's story describes how he got this idea. It all happened several years ago on a cruise in Egypt. When you go to Egypt, of course, you have to go to the pyramids. You don't go to Egypt without going to the pyramids. And so we had, we have uh, many tours from the ship where we have our thousands of passengers that will take a, a tour, a day tour to the pyramids. Well, one cruise, uh, a lady came up to me, uh, a guest, and said that she had booked her own personal tour uh, through the internet and, and asked if I knew this tour company. And I really didn't because there's lots of tour companies, obviously, in Egypt. Uh, but I told her when she goes on her tour, she was meeting the tour guide at the ship. They were going to pick her up and she was going to do a personal tour uh, instead of going with, you know, all of the passengers at one time. And so I didn't see her for a few days after the, we left Egypt. I was getting a little nervous. But finally, I saw her on the ship and she said it was the most incredible tour ever. It was great. The guide was wonderful. It was just a wonderful experience. So she had uh, the guide's information. So I hired the guide for me and my family. And she was right. It was an absolutely what I consider to be a perfect tour. We went to the pyramids when the thousands of passengers on our ship were uh, somewhere else. 
so that we weren't there with thousands of people. When when our passengers were at the, at the pyramids, we went uh, shopping or we went to someplace else in town. And then when they left the pyramids, we went there. So it was like we had the pyramids to ourselves. It was crazy. It was wonderful. And so we had a great time. We had dinner outside the, the pyramids where there was a music show and a light show. And just it was a wonderful tour that I considered perfect. Six months later, I arranged again for our guide. His name was Yasser, by the way. Uh, to, to take a tour with all the crew members and, and my family and friends. And there was about 10 or 12 people. And I arranged it through Yasser again. And I said, Yasser, whatever you do, just give him the same tour you gave me that was perfect. And he looked at me, he said, no, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul, this tour will be more than perfect, more than perfect. And I went, yeah, okay, whatever. Just please give him the same tour. Well, as it turned out, the next day, because the people got back at like three in the morning. So the next day, when I finally saw my friends and these other crew members, they were just in the absolute best possible mood. They said, Paul, this tour was the best we've ever been on. It was incredible. We did exactly the same things you did. And then they told me that at midnight, as they were ready to start the three-hour trip back to the ship, Yasser looked at them and said, I have arranged for a one-hour tour, a one-hour cruise down the Nile River. Do you want to go down the Nile River for a one-hour cruise at midnight? And of course, they looked at him and they said, yes, of course, we want to take a little cruise down the Nile River. That would be even more than perfect. And so that's what he did. He created and took our perfect tour and made it a little bit better. One more wow moment that people will remember the next time. And even to this day, this was like 10 years ago, even to this day, my friends and my family and these crew members are still talking about this tour that they went on in Egypt. And Yasser kept his word. He actually made it more than perfect because he went above and beyond the expectation. And so that's where more than perfect service started because of a tour I took to the pyramids in Egypt. Who wouldn't want to visit Egypt after listening to such a beautiful story? But what if something goes wrong right at the beginning of the customer's journey? What if they expected something and they got disappointed right after they get on the ship? How do you then create a more than perfect experience? Well, I, I think that's a great opportunity when things go wrong to exceed expectations because the customer experience of which customer service is just one small part of the whole customer experience starts when uh, people think about going on a cruise. So, you know, the experience starts with, you know, how easy is it to manage the website, to go through the website? How easy is it to contact somebody in reservations? Or if you have any questions about a cruise, you know, how quickly do they respond to your questions? That's all part of the customer experience. And so sometimes when people come on board, their experience before getting there has not been good. So you use the experience of, of missing luggage. We've had people come on board and they fly to, let's say, Miami, where they join the ship. And the, and the airlines lose their luggage. Well, now, now they're coming on board already not in a good place, not in a good frame of mind. And so it's up to us to try to turn that around. And so um, we have 
on board. We keep some supplies on board, some toiletish supplies, and we can give t-shirts and shorts. Uh, uh, for a formal night, uh, we have extra tuxedos on board for the gentlemen. We've always had uh, gowns for ladies in different sizes, or some of the crew members will donate some clothes uh, for people who are missing their luggage. And then our back of the house people are in touch with the airlines all the time trying to locate the luggage. So it could be that the people come on board with no luggage and they're and they're not in the best of moods, let's say. But if they get their luggage in the first port of call because we followed up and followed through and they've had something to wear, well, then we've exceeded their expectations because they didn't know how far we would go for them. And so uh, we've, we've done a, a good job of exceeding their expectations. And so that's, that's our goal on board. We have one goal on board our ships and every business should have the goal and that is to create such an exception, uh, exceptional experience that exceeds expectations. And if that happens, then we know that they will do more business with us. We have somebody on board our ships that will help our guests book their next cruise. So if they're having such a wonderful time on this cruise, then we know if they book their next cruise and it only takes a, a, a small deposit, they don't have to, they don't even have to tell us what ship they want to go on. They don't have to tell us where in the world we want to, they want to go. If they give us like a small hundred dollar deposit, then we will hold a cabin for them on any ship at any time. Uh, and, and we know that 98% of the time they will take their next vacation with us. Not only Paul managed to transform what could have been an absolute nightmare into a fantastic holiday experience, his exceptional service created customer loyalty. This unfortunate situation could of course happen to anyone, but only Paul and his team could manage to fix the issue and exceed their customers' expectations. Talking about teamwork, it must be challenging to train colleagues to deliver such a high level of service. I think we've all had to deal with, in everyday life, we've had to deal with um, employees who have scowls on their face or are in bad moods, or they can ruin an experience for you. So we've always said on board, happy crew makes for happy guests. And it is so true. And so you need to create a culture that your employees uh, you know, look forward to coming to work and want to be part of the solution. Employees just don't want to be relegated to, you know, to the back room. They want to know that they're being heard. They want to know that their their skills are being used and that their past experiences, even though we may not know about them, contribute to who they are today. And so you want to take advantage of, of the knowledge of your employees and get them involved. So for instance, on board our ships, Usually, there's close to uh, uh, crew members from 60 to 70 different countries on board the ship. And so think about all those experiences that these people have had um, throughout their lives and what they can bring to the table. And so I think creating a really good company culture where people look forward to coming to work and know that they're um, engaged and know that they're empowered to take care of problems. They don't, they don't have to keep running back to their managers and supervisors. Uh, Ritz-Carlton is a great example. Uh, Ritz-Carlton's motto is ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And if I'm not mistaken, each employee 
is given a budget of, I think it's $2,000 to fix a problem immediately. And so think about that in the experience uh, of your customers. If they know that a, a problem is going to be taken care of and that every employee is empowered to take care of that problem, well, that's just a great, great culture that employees want to be a part of. They don't want to have to say, oh, let me go ask my manager if I can refund $10 to you. They're going to want to know that they can do it right away. And that creates a great experience. So. Um, there's an old saying that says you hire for attitude and you train for skill. So attitude is the number one thing, especially in the cruise industry, because the cruise industry is a very public relations oriented industry. We're dealing with people all the time. We're not in the cruise industry. We're in the public relations industry and the memory making industry. And so you have to have people certainly within the cruise industry that have the right attitude. They're away from home for four, six, sometimes up to eight months at a time. So having the right attitude is extremely important. I know that if you're a financial service provider, you can't possibly think of giving your client an experience as exciting as floating down the River Nile at night but you can still make the experience memorable. And if there is only one thing to remember from the entire episode, Paul would say that we all are in the industry of making memories. Imagine you could create an experience that would enable your customer to escape their monotonous everyday life, that would make them happy and liberated without a fear of being judged. Imagine you could give them a paradise on earth. And I'm not exaggerating. This is what Paul presents in his last story. And whether you work in hospitality or retail, you can aim at delivering a more than perfect and memorable experience. Ship charters are very big for us, full ship charters. So for instance, we might have a, a company charter the entire ship as an incentive for their people. And obviously this is before COVID. Um, so they do a full ship charter. Now it might be, it could be a music cruise, it could be a sports cruise, or it could be a lifestyle cruise. It could be anything, but one company charters the entire ship and then we go wherever they want to go. It's basically their ship for the, for the week or however long the cruise is. So one time uh, we had what was called a clothing optional cruise, meaning once the ship went out of the 12 mile limit, which is the unofficial limit, people could take their clothes off. Clothing was optional. It was a naked cruise and it was completely sold out. It was the ship was chartered by a, a, a travel agency that does this for a living. This is very, very big business. So as a speaker, sometimes you're saying, well, if you get nervous, Speaking in front of a crowd, just imagine them naked, and that should lessen your, your nervousness. I don't know why they say that. I don't know if it works. But imagine going out on stage to talk to a group of people, and they actually are naked, and they're staring up at you. Now, I have my clothes on, and all the crew has their clothes on. But if you can imagine being on a cruise uh, where clothing was optional, and uh, these are... These were well-respected people. I, I had a lot of conversations with them. Um, obviously, maintaining eye contact was very important during this time. 
And yes, that is a joke. But some of the conversations were amazing. These were corporate CEOs who were on this cruise. These were military people who were on these cruise. These were mom and dads and grandparents whose own families had no idea that they were living this lifestyle. Uh, but it was very interesting. It was uh, fascinating to, to hear these, uh, the stories from these guests. Uh, and it was also interesting for the crew because it's something we're still talking about to this day. Let me ask you a question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how much do you desire to go on holiday right now? I do feel confident to say it is more than when you started listening to the episode. Let's summarize Paul's incredible insights he gained during his years of experience in the cruise industry. If you ever think the customer service you provide is good enough, ask yourself whether it would still be true if you lived with your customers. If you ever think your customer service is not as good as it could be, stop restricting yourself by the industry you work in and instead work in the industry of making memories. And lastly, imagine you are stuck with your customers and colleagues for months at sea somewhere in the middle of nowhere. That could literally be a definition of a cabin fever. And the only thing that can help you get through and make everyone happy is the attitude you and your colleagues have. If you like this episode, please don't forget to like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast on your preferred channel. If you're interested in what Paul does, feel free to check out his LinkedIn profile, visit his website provided in the episode description below, read his book, Repeat Business Incorporated, The Business of Staying in Business, or pre-purchase his upcoming book, You Can't Make This Ship Up. I also hope that you like this new storytelling format of the podcast and don't forget to share your opinion on social media and I will see you next time.